So as I was sitting in my office on Friday night, I was eating Oreos. I was drinking Werner's ginger ale, and I had one of those head massager thingies stuck on top of my head. How's that for a visual? What better way to prepare a message on tending the seed of tension than by eating Oreos, drinking Werner's, and massaging the hair on my head? Those of you from Hope's congregation know that we have been in a series during this time of Easter preparation called Scattering Seeds, Tending the Soil of Our Souls. The title of this week's message and the scripture passage for it were were picked long before the words coronavirus, COVID-19, social distancing, and flattening the curve became part of our everyday vocabulary. Had the series progressed as planned, I likely would have been speaking about the tensions that we often feel when we try to share our faith with those who might not believe. But as the world is now, the tensions we feel are very, very different. Every day we're inundated with data detailing deaths, positive diagnoses, number of people being monitored, and how many days until we finally hit the peak. Every day, there's another cancellation, another bit of bad news, another disappointment. That's a lot of tension. That's a lot of grief. Now you know why I had the massager thingy on my head and why I was drinking Werner's. Because as a good Michigander, I know that Werner's is the cure-all. So in the midst of all of this tension, we come to this week's scripture reading out of the New Testament book of Luke, chapter 12. In the Bibles I've been using, this passage is titled, Jesus Causes Division. Well, okay. Let's give it a read and then discuss. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Luke chapter 12, verses 49 through 56. I have come to set the world on fire, and I wish it were already burning. I have a terrible baptism of suffering ahead of me, and I am under a heavy burden until it is accomplished. Do you think I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I have come to divide people against each other. From now on, families will be split apart, three in favor of me and two against, or two in favor and three against. Father will be divided against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, and mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. Then Jesus turned to the crowd and said, When you see clouds beginning to form in the west, you say, Here comes a shower, and you are right. When the south wind blows, you say, Today will be a scorcher, and it is. You fools! You know how to interpret the weather signs of the earth and sky, but you don't know how to interpret the present times. Well, already then. I'm going to be completely transparent here and say that I've been dreading this week. I have felt like God was pushing me to continue this this series and use this scripture passage, but I just didn't quite know what to do with it all, considering all that's happening in our world. So while we're not physically together, dear listeners, I'm trying to imagine that we are. 
and that this is an open forum where we can discuss this passage together and what it means for us as we navigate this tension-filled world together, yet physically distant. What initially strikes me is verse 50. I have a terrible baptism of suffering ahead of me, and I am under a heavy burden until it is accomplished. Jesus, of course, is of course speaking of his upcoming crucifixion. He knows it's coming, and it's a burden to bear. Do you think we can relate that to what we're going through right now? We've known for some time now that things are going to get worse before they get better. That's what this flattening the curve business is all about. And that's a heavy burden to bear. We don't know how our bodies will handle it if we are exposed. We just want whatever is going to happen to happen so we can deal with it and move on. It's a tension. It's a burden that we're bearing. If we were in our church buildings today, we would be celebrating, or at least observing, Palm Sunday. We would wave palm branches and talk about Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem. Some of you may have even put some kind of green branches on your home to commemorate this day. As Christians reading about this day in our Bibles, we see the triumphant entry, but we tend to forget that not everybody was happy about this. And that's what Jesus is speaking about in the next few verses. People were divided about this man, Jesus. His coming to earth was not a welcome event for everybody. A king had all baby boys under the age of two killed in an attempt to get rid of Jesus after he was born. Think about that for a moment. Do you think the families with an infant son in those days were at peace? As Jesus approached the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to praise, joyful, praise God joyfully. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. That was later in Luke chapter 19. From those verses, does it sound like they were all on the same page? That they were at peace? If we read ahead and continue in Luke 19, verses 41 through 44, it says this, But as he came closer to Jerusalem and saw the city ahead, he began to weep. How I wish today that you of all people would understand the way to peace. But now it is too late, and peace is hidden from your eyes. Before long, your enemies will build ramparts against your walls and encircle you and close in on you from every side. They will crush you into the ground and your children with you. Your enemies will not leave a single stone in place because you did not recognize it when God visited you. Are we any different than the crowds of Jesus' day who could see a storm coming across the Mediterranean? Or they could feel the hot desert wind and know that the temperature of the day was going to be hot, but couldn't also look around and discern what was happening right in front of them? As Jesus noted back in chapter 12, verses 54 through 55, he repeatedly told the crowds that followed him that they would have what they would have to do to live life internal. They felt the desert wind and knew it would be hot. 
they could see the, the storm coming across the Mediterranean and knew it was going to rain. But they did not recognize that God was visiting with them. Jesus wept as he entered Jerusalem because the people just didn't seem to understand the way to peace. Are we any different than those crowds? How are we interpreting what is going on in our world right now? Are we refusing to carry an umbrella even though we can clearly see the rain is coming? As Christians, now is our time to shine. We've been stripped of everything extraneous in our lives. Sports, canceled. Events, canceled or postponed. Families, they're gathered at home. We are seeds that have been planted. This tension can either be the good soil that is fertilized and watered and will help us grow, or we can think of it as pavement that impedes our growth. Pastor Shane Bishop from Illinois said this recently, It seems clear that there will be another few weeks of this. I am now convinced fewer and fewer of us will return to normal. When this ends, and it will, we will be entering a new reality. This will be more than a wormhole. This will be more a wormhole than an inconvenience. Wise people are making decisions about that future reality right now. What are you doing that you valued more than you thought? What are you doing that you will not continue? How might your life look differently in a positive way on the other side of this? What have you learned about yourself that will make you a better person in the future? Asking good questions now lessens the chance that our pain will be wasted and increases the chances that we will grow and learn from it. When we are released from the stay-at-home order, are we going to rush back to whatever our previous quote-unquote normal was? Or are we going to use this time to create a new normal? Are we going to recognize this time as a visit from God? Or is Jesus going to continue to weep because we can't see what's right in front of us? A friend recently posted this graphic on Facebook without attribution. And if you're listening to this on podcast and can't see the graphic, it's, called, it's a graphic of zones titled, Who Do I Want to Be During COVID-19? And it describes three zones that we can choose to be in. Fear, learning, or growth. If we're in the fear zone, we're hoarding basic supplies that we don't need. We're spreading emotions related to fear and anger. We're complaining frequently. We're forwarding all the messages we receive, whether we vetted them or not. And we're getting mad easily. But if we're in the learning zone, we're starting to give up what we can't control. We're stopping compulsively consuming what's hurting us, whether that be copious amounts of snack foods or news broadcasts. We're starting to identify our emotions and we're becoming aware of the situation and thinking how to act. We're evaluating the information that's coming for us before we spread something false. And we recognize that we are all trying to do our best. In the growth zone is where we're truly tending the seed of tension so that we'll come out on the other side of this a better person than when it began. 
In this zone, we're thinking of others and trying to help. We're making our talents available to those who need them. We're living in the present, but we're focused on the future. We're empathetic with ourselves and with others. We're thanking others and we're appreciative of them while keeping a happy emotional state and spreading hope. We're looking for a new way to adapt to new changes while practicing quietude, patience, relationships, and creativity. I wish I knew who to attribute this to because it really wraps up this series perfectly and provides a launching point to a future normal. We all have a part to play in the future normal, and it is only by living into this growth zone that we'll see a new normal that is far better than what we left behind. In the Hope United Methodist Church playlist this week on YouTube is the song Nobody by Casting Crowns. Some of the lyrics to that song go like this. Moses had stage fright and David brought a rock to a sword fight. You picked 12 outsiders nobody would have chosen, and you changed the world. Well, the moral of the story is, everybody's got a purpose. So when I hear that devil start talking to me, saying, who do you think you are? I say, I'm just a nobody, trying to tell everybody all about somebody who saved my soul. Ever since you rescued me, you gave my heart a song to sing, and I'm living for the world to see. Nobody but Jesus. God picked 12 outsiders nobody would have chosen and changed the world. So if you're listening to this right now thinking you're a nobody with nothing to offer, I'm here to tell you that you're wrong. Those original disciples never would have guessed the future impact they have had on this world. And that hasn't changed. Every one of us will change the world in some way. The disciples chose to discard their old lives and follow Jesus, and by doing so, change the world for the good. It is now up to each one of us to decide what our impact will be. Are we going to discard our old cluttered lives, follow Jesus, and change the world for good? Or are we going to refuse to recognize this time as a visitation from God and continue down the same path as before? The choice is yours. Make it a good one. Let's pray. Lord, as we live in this time of tension, we have choices. We can choose to use this time for growth and for good and to discern your future for us. Just as you picked 12 outsiders nobody else would have chosen, you've chosen us. A lot of us wouldn't see ourselves as anybody that can make a difference, but in your eyes, God, we are all somebody. You changed the world with those 12 outsiders and you continue to change the world with each one of us. Lord, help us to recognize that we all have a purpose. And when the devil starts talking to us, asking us who do we think we are, Lord, help us to 
knock him to the side and say, we are somebody. We are somebody who's just a nobody who's trying to tell everybody all about the true somebody who saved our souls. Lord, you gave us your word that helps us to put words to our prayers when we don't know what to pray. And in your Psalms in 91, we pray this. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him, for he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from the deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in the darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you, no plague will come near your home, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. Lord, we're calling on you in this time of trouble and tension. Protect us. Guide us. Show us where we can be your hands, your feet, and your voice in this tension-filled, troubled world. Amen.